the battle for Malik is nigh. With the Dragonborn preparing for battle against the Dragonblood army and a mole in the operation, Octavia has to find her place in the chaos. What's the plan? How long will it take to go sideways? And do moles even live in the desert? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Hello everyone and welcome to Me, My Spouse and a Die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident Dungeon Master. Me, My Spouse and a Die is a family-friendly actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast where we follow our hero, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair, through her adventures in the continent of Mawir, a land that has been ravaged by a war against monsters for 15 years. Right off the top, I want to let y'all know that I was part of an amazing team that uh, drafted up some sidekicks for the Curse of Strahd adventure. I had the uh, pleasure of working with some other writers and editors and some amazing artists. Um, and so now live on the DMs Guild is a Curse of Strahd supplement where you can add some uh, sidekicks to your game. So if you're playing Curse of Strahd one-on-one or you're thinking about it or you only have a, a few players and you want to have some more uh, firepower so you can fight some more strong monsters Monsters, check it out. I think if you're playing Curse of Strahd one-on-one, you should just play as Strahd. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so much more fun to be an all-powerful vampire hunting it would be down very fun. a group of hapless adventurers and corrupting and killing them all? I think that would be probably more enjoyable. That'd be pretty darn cool. Yeah. I've actually never played Strahd all the way through, so it You've was... never played any of Strahd. Oh, that's true. We didn't, we didn't even get, get Evo didn't even get to. So Allison and I, we started. We've talked about yeah, it previously. Okay, yeah, I mean, well, in case people Oh, no, it, you, you can continue. I'm just yeah. saying we, have, we have mentioned it before. Yeah, we started playing Strahd and we did a curseless, uh, sorry, curseless Citadel. Sunless, sunless Citadel mm-hmm. um, to kind of level us up before we dove into the mists. And of course, as soon as we dove into the mists... <laughs> the, the group group broke up <laughs> exploded Explo- imploded, imploded. Basic, yeah basically so i was excited too uh, i simultaneously was researching the npcs that i was basing these sidekicks off of as well as trying not to actually spoil most of the story so that if i have we ever actually get to play it in the future i don't know you know every single twist and turn so and then she made the sidekick version of irena so that yeah, went out the window that's true i mean yeah that's true i did make irena Esmeralda, a fun were-raven. It was fun actually creating the were-raven because I was imagining Carhoon and some of the stuff that, you know, makes makes Carhoon a fun uh, were-bear and things like that. I tried to, you know, implement and, and weave into the were-raven as well. So uh, it was all just super enjoyable. Were-bears um, are cooler. Well, yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> Objectively. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have very different strengths and weaknesses, I would think. The werebear's strength is strength. very strong. It is a 20. <laughs> the were-raven was, is not, it's sneaky and, you know, flips Sneaky, otherwise and... known as the coward's tactic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I gave it flyby at a higher level, so that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Could do a lot of other cool things. So I think it was would have been it would be it would be a helpful sidekick, maybe not a hugely combative helpful sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean if you have like a fighter PC and you need someone who's 
you know, got some more, di- you know, diplomacy, stealthy type things. Is that would the werebear, uh, sorry, the raven would definitely be helpful in that regard. Probably. And the other two, other two sidekicks were, were very fun. They would, they would also be very helpful. Yeah. So it was fun playing. It was fun writing them because it was like, you know, with playing one-on-one so much, I was like, you know, what would I as a PC find helpful in a sidekick? Like what would be helpful um, to me as a player? So that was, that was a really enjoyable thing to do. So, and there's a whole series of these sidekicks as well for each of the published adventures, which is honestly pretty cool. I mean, it is interesting because I've actually never played of, you know, since we didn't actually get into uh, Curse of Strahd, that Sunless Citadel was the only actual published, um, you know, mm-hmm. module that I'd done all the way through. We're, yeah. we're playing Descent now, but um, prior to prior to starting that, you know, just mm-hmm. like, what, a couple months ago that we started Descent? Ah, it's every, yeah, wow. Okay. Decent yeah. number of months ago, but still, up till then, you know, it'd been ninety nine percent homebrew, mm-hmm, baby. Mm-hmm. Sunless Citadel is a pretty solid starter. Oh dungeon. yeah, it was really fun. I liked it a lot. Curse of Strahd is a very well put together adventure. Mm-hmm. It's just funny because I've played in Moir for most of my dungeonsing and dragonsing, so it's mm-hmm. weird to not play in Moir. Yeah. Well, I've I'm running out of plot threads <laughs> in this tiny little continent, so. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens when this wraps up. Mm-hmm. My brain is taxed. I'm running two campaigns in this world concurrently at yeah. different time points, and it's like, oh. Not to mention the one that we previously ran. ran one previously. And that I'm was like, also at ah, a different time period. My, you know, I this is not an incredibly huge or expansive world. It is purposefully small and easily managed, but that mm-hmm. also means there's only so many things you can do and yeah. so many places you can go so i am i'm i'm, ru- I'm running out of ray juices <laughs> don't want to pull for a future adventures pull a game of thrones and go into the like you know prehistoric i know zero about game of thrones I... except the last book's not out and the last tv series was garbage uh, i just know that they I, I i mean i haven't watched it already either i just know that i think they like mentioned doing another show in the same world but having it be like super prehistoric type of thing i vaguely ah. remember seeing a headline like that so we could do we could do a primordial <laughs> primordial campaign and nah. play some abelos yeah 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 it'd be fun to play an abelos yeah it would be but i have to find a different dm for that <laughs> I, I don't think that's gonna happen under my watch oh uh, no yeah i feel like there's only so much too if they're like oh yeah now you win because you're exceedingly powerful and everything else is weak yeah. Here is your one hour session and you yeah. you've conquered the continent. Well done. Yeah. 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 Basically. Oh man. Cuz I've never done anything too too high powered like t- as far as like the quote like tiers of play type of thing. I've never gotten up to those, you know, like pseudo god levels. Yeah, I mean, they're fun. I know a lot of people complain about high level play. I think it's the most fun part. Well, I mean, I think if I think it's kind of like the same as any other. I mean, a a one a level one campaign's not fun if you're not a, a, approaching the. Mm. Well, I mean, it's rarely fun anyway. But I'm like, you know, the, the argument that with high level play you're just basically gods and there's no challenge. Well, then you just need to make challenges that are a, appropriate um, for that level. I mean, I I think if you took a survey of everyone. Very few people would enjoy, would say they enjoyed high-level play more than low-level play, just as a, you know, 
It has the least amount of playtesting. Some people say it has mm. the least amount of balance. It is more difficult to be challenged because you can subvert entire, you know, plot lines with a spell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's well. fun if you have, you know, if you have the right party and the right DM and, mm-hmm. and all that. But will I? I don't foresee this adventure going too high. Um, you're what eight right now? Eight, yeah. So I'm foreseeing, you know. Mm, Mid, l- low mid teens. Well, that's that's still higher than I've ever gotten. Potentially, so. but we'll also see. A lot of things can change. Mm-hmm. But that is that is my current plan. We'll see how quickly things go. Mm-hmm. What happens? How how various things develop? How quickly Octavia may or may not die? How quickly <laughs> Octavia dies? And yeah, so let's let's get into it. You. Yes. You. Don't, Me. Don't, don't. Soldier boy, tell him. You are in the kingdom of Malik, mm-hmm. the city of Malik. You are have just finished resting up during this period of time, uh, after which you know that the armies of Malik are going to march out of those walls and engage the dragon blood armies that have been besieging them because they have basically no other option except wait in their city and slowly starve to death. Yeah. That's not a great option for anyone. Mm-hmm. So they're like, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. Mm-hmm. So the armies are mustering. You maybe have a plan. Maybe not. Again, you were thinking of this plan maybe like an hour ago. So we'll, <laughs> I was indeed. We will see. I do have a plan. We'll see. Nothing like leaving it to the last second, Octavia. <laughs> I have a name. Pro- and it's a good plan, too. Um, Octavia's middle name is Procrastination. <laughs> It's it's works well under pressure. She'd be sure. a good intern, like the sure. high taste environment. You can spin it any way you want it, but we all know what it means. <laughs> you wake up mm-hmm. in your room, rested, rejuvenated. Strap on your armor. Are you wearing the ice breastplate or the elven breastplate? The ice one. Okay. You strap on your armor. Get your weapons all mm-hmm. ready. Get your quiver full of full of arrows. And head out, and Carhoon is waiting there, also geared up, ready to rumble. Do we know how soon the army is going to march out of the walls? Pretty darn soon. Okay. Uh, you've got a room in the palace right now, and the palace is largely unoccupied. Right. There are, you know, the standard guards and things that you can see. Uh, but out your window, as you're preparing yourself, you could see the Malik banners moving towards the walls and hearing the the clang and clink of people moving through the city and marshalling their forces. Okay. So you and Carhoon are out in this hall, ready to go. You know that people are gathering up by the city walls before they make their stand. Uh, From conversations you've had previously, you can march out on the front lines with them, or you can kind of do your own thing wherever you feel like you would be most useful. Okay. Um, can we go to, well, first, um, Octavia's going to be like, Carhoon, can I borrow your cloak, please? Why? Because it I, would be helpful for my plan. Won't I need it? It's a big cloak. Well, we can then swap later. Back. But don't you already have the boots? Yeah, but they only are helpful when I'm trying to be on my feet. Can uh, I have the boots then? Sure. Am I not coming with you? No, you are. You're just going to go in the bag again. It's... 
Maybe you should involve me in these plans when you're making them, because it is not comfortable in there. I mean, can you fly? That's the only way that I'm thinking of the way that I can transport you places. Is it okay? I mean, you I mean, don't you have turned to. me into a fly last time. That worked pretty well. I know, but that's a. I, I don't want to. I, I can only do that so many times. You don't want to burn your spell slots? <laughs> I mean, huh? yeah, Is that it? Yet. I'm not worth a spell slot to you? Not that After everything one. we've been through? <laughs> not when I can have you be there for free. You've got like 10 minutes before I die. You can keep your head popped out. You don't have to go all the way in. Because I'm not wild shaping. I'm pretty sure the DM is going to put a kibosh on this pretty soon. <laughs> the number of times that we can utilize this transportation method? Yeah. I, I, I do not... What? Tell me. You're going to shove me in a bag and fly over there. Yes. Yeah. Can we see the tank <sighs> fortress from where we are? No. Okay. You're still in the palace. Well, I mean, if there's a window. No. Okay. There's walls in the way. Okay. Oh, right. I, I wasn't sure if there was, like, a mound on which the palace was where it could see out type nope. thing. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> Octavia will be like, well, this is my plan. I mean, you don't have to tell me everything. Oh, because okay. the listeners might like some That's suspense. That's what I was thinking, yeah. But... <sighs> but my thought is, we need to get over to the, to the, uh, uh, the moving fortress thing. And, I mean... We both need to get out there. I can fly. You can't. And well, you don't have to rub it in. No, I don't, didn't mean it in a, like, you know, uh, you know what I mean. Just thinking uh, 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 pragmatically type of thing. And I don't <sighs> think I could carry you. I'm not very strong. Look at these noodle arms. We've already established that these true. arms are noodles. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could kind of, like, piggyback and hold on really tight and then... I wouldn't be holding you with my arms, but I don't know if that would interfere with my wings. <sighs> I don't know if they could fly ar- around you. I don't like you. this. I'm sorry. Do you, I mean, do you have a better idea of getting over there? I will do this under protest. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I am not an object to be thrown no, in your bag. I, I never said that you were. I never thought that you would be or are. It just feels humiliating. I'm sorry. You know? know. I'm sorry. Shoving me in a tiny bag. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable getting in there and out of there. And the air is really stale. I could plop a Febreze yeah, thing down there with fine. you. It's fine. I'll be okay. You can cast some druid craft and... Uh, I'll, uh, okay, fine. We'll do it. Okay. Well, this we don't. Time. We don't have to yet. I want to go to the walls and take a, just take a gander so that we can see where that ta- moving tank is. Okay. But can I have your cloak? You can have my boots. <sighs> it's gonna be really big on you. And the boots might be a little small on you. I mean, but because the cloak gives people per- who are making perception checks disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So. If you're wearing it. Yeah. And if I'm not wearing it, then it's not being then it's not being useful for either of us. Right, but are you, in, are you going to wear it as a bird? I'm not turning into a bird. What are you turning into? I'm not turning into anything. Oh, you're just flying? I'm just flying. With your wings? With my wings. They're probably going to see you. Yeah, but they'll at least cloak have or not. disadvantage on it because of the cloak. You can only fly for a minute, right? Yeah, but I can go 30 feet, so if I'm dashing... Depending on how far out the thing is, that's why I want to go and look at the walls first to see if I can get there with my wings. And if not, we can reevaluate. 
Okay. Well, well, let's go see then. Yeah. So we will head out to... (laughs) We will head out to the city walls. You make your way out of the palace, past the walls, through the city, which is, again, largely quiet, largely empty. Uh, You're not passing too many people in the streets, and the people who have remained are heading further into the city, probably to take shelter or something. You make it out towards the walls, and in the space where, like, the buildings end and the walls begin, you see the, the rows and ranks and squads and battalions and things of the current Dragonborn army, the Grand Army of Malik, assembled just inside of these walls. There's three gates out of Malik, one in sort of the center pointed directly at this army, and mm-hmm. then two others on, like, the, the western and eastern flanks. Okay, yeah. And there's a, there's a sizable force at each of those, so they're gonna seemingly march a bunch straight out and then try to move in from the sides, mm-hmm. just Make so they don't movement. get flanked mm-hmm. themselves. Do I see Malaris? Oh, uh, yeah, she's up in the center at the, the central gate, rallying the troops, sitting on a horse. I'm I'm going to go up to her on our way up to the walls. Okay. And I'm just going to say, Absalom, be with you. And I'm going to cast Guidance on her. How long does Guidance last? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. What does Guidance do? So Guidance just gives her... She basically can just um, add a D4 to a roll that she makes for up to only a minute, unfortunately. Okay. She says, well, stick around. Uh, She turns, sitting on top of this horse. All the spears pointed out. She, Mm -hmm. like, pulls her hand up and rides down the row. Yes! And she says, sons and daughters of Malik, my brothers and sisters... I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of Dragonborn fail, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of civilized people comes crashing down. But it is not this day. Today we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good Moir, I bid you stand, Dragonborn of the East. And everyone cheers. Ah! (laughs) And uh, the army's going crazy. Nice! Go Malaris! She turns and rides up to the gates and motions for the people in the gatehouse. And they start... Opening up. So. And you can see the ones on the west and the eastern flank as well. Mm. You can climb up onto the walls and look out as they start marching out and assembling in front of the walls, preparing for their charge. All right. So, how far out is the uh, moving fortress? So. The roving tank. The skedaddling place. The edge of the army starts out of long range of a longbow, which is 600 600 feet. 600 feet? Okay. So the no man's land itself is 600 feet. 600 feet. feet. Okay. And then past that is another, you know, 100 or so feet of troops and tents and stuff. And then 
And then the... So we'll call it about 700 feet. 700 feet, okay. Yeah. I'm bad at estimated distances. It might be longer than that, but it we'll just say that for a nice round number. Now, as you were looking out, you see a few other things. Okay. You see that their armies are also marshaled and ready. Okay. All lined up in big chunks of people. Weapons out, ready to march on the Dragonborn forces. You see the Rolling Fortress, the Iron Fortress, the Iron Tent, the giant tank thing, and largely the center, as we said, about 700 feet directly in front of you. Off on in like a western flank and an eastern flank, you see two things that kind of look like siege towers Mm -hmm. in the center of these big army groups of people. Okay. Pretty tall. And they're the you can see that the troops around them are giving them a pretty wide berth. Oh, so it's like okay. a, a blank area yeah. and then this tower that's... Okay, is it like two, three stories tall? Can yeah. I kind of tell from this distance? Okay. About. And made out of wood, does it seem like? Uh, that's what it kind of looks like. Okay, not metal. Not metal. Okay. So looking at everything that's going on, Octavia is going to turn to Carhoon again and be like, I can only get us so far with my wings. For my count, if I dash, and having him for a minute, I can go <laughs> 600 feet. <laughs> um, how far out are the armies of Malik going into the no man's land? Uh, basically right, just as, as close as they can fit on the other side of the wall. And then there's going to be a big... Yeah. It Does it seem like the, uh, uh, the iron fortress is moving? Nope. Okay, so it's not, like, hooked up to anything, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be getting any closer to the city. I mean, you don't know. It might start moving, but right now, everything over there is stationary. Okay. The army's not stationary, though, right? Because they're... No, they're lined up. They're, they're ready to up. go. Okay. No, they are lined up. They are oh, ready. they are already lined up. Okay. Yes. As, as you go up to the wall, you see the other side. The army is ready and waiting. Okay. So it's basically, as soon as Malik is ready, then, then that's when it's... Stuff's going to go down. Okay. And the fortress is like 700 feet away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does this change your plan? Potentially. I think maybe. I, I still like my plan and I want to try to stick to it. So maybe we should actually ride out with some of the Malik forces and get a bit closer until the point where I can actually get within range of of the iron tank thing. Sure. Um, looking at the for- forces, how long does it seem like it would take for the armies, the Malik armies, to get all lined up? Oh, they're, they're effectively. Okay, so there. should Karkun get in the bag now? Before we go on horses in a I mean, I'm sure he could do something cool like Legolas and, you know, swoop around and, you know, like loop around a horse or that kind of cool way that he mounted and dismounted stuff. But I know that it's a bit difficult for him to get into the bag. (sighs) Just don't put your head in yet. This is the last time I'm doing this. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you can't deny it is an effective mode of transportation. Some things 
are worth more than an effective mode of transportation. My pride <laughs> being one of them. Sorry. Ugh. Fine. <laughs> so Octavia will, like, help him get in the bag. He, he climbs in begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. It's for the greater good. Come on. You know uh, you know this. Next time you're getting in the bag. Sure. If that if, if that works, that I'd be fine with that. Ugh. All right. Get, get, get this thing moving. Okay. Um, so she kind of puts the cloak, you know, she has the, she grabbed the cloak from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, he, she gave him the boots, might as well. Um, and she is going to clobber, uh, clamber down the stairs, um, and <laughs> see if she can find a horse to ride out on with the forces. There's probably some horses. Okay. I figured they'd at least be like They've guards got milling cavalry. around. And well, I mean, no one's really milling around at this point, but if, you, you know, you can be like, I'm commandeering this horse. Yeah, that's kind of um, what she was planning on doing. So. Through some manner of scrambling, you could grab a horse. Okay. I don't think it's going to be game-breaking okay. to give you a horse. So Octavia is going to, has the cloak on, pulls it over her head, um has to like stuff her hair underneath the hood like come on um because all her tendrils are wanting to poke their poke their way out as they're like no set me free um and she is going to clamber onto this horse give it a good pat and she's going to ride out the front gates okay uh you join up with the army and uh milleris sees you and nods and nod back and then she turns her horse around mm-hmm. and everyone sort of bristles points their spears mm-hmm. down shoo, draws all the things get their shields ready and she says for Frodo <laughs> she, no uh, <laughs> of the lord of the darklands come forth <laughs> such a goober uh, she raises her scissor hand in the sky and then swiftly Brings it down. Lightning strikes behind her, like, and everyone just starts Ah, rushing forward. Okay. And her horse begins galloping off in the lead. As the Malik army starts rushing, you see the armies of the uh, Dragon Blood forces lower their defenses Mm -hmm. and come out to meet you. Are they riding things, or are they all on foot? There's some pra- um, yeah. um, there's some cavalry. A lot of the dragonborn are on foot, too, but there's some, like, warg-riding goblins mm-hmm. and things like that. Oh, yeah. Nice. So we've got these two armies rushing forward, covering this ground quickly, as they're about halfway to each other. Mm-hmm. Roll a perception check. Okay. 25. Oh. First roll of the day, baby! As you're riding out there next to all of these... Dragonborn beside you, ready to do or die, as it mm-hmm. were. You see that the two siege tower mm-hmm. looking things, one off to your left, one off to your right. The wooden side panelings fall away. Okay. Revealing what was concealed within. Oh dear. You can see what looks like uh, a platform, and on top of that platform is like a large metallic spire. What? That almost looks like what we would know to be like an antenna. Mm. I'm gonna summon the aliens! What? Make a w- intelligence saving throw, excuse me. 
Shoot. 20, not natural. Uh, you feel something assailing your brain, and you turn to your left and your right, and you can see a dragonborn everywhere just, like, clutching their heads. And just, ah! <gasps> um, some of them are managing to fight through it, but some of them are, are not doing as well with it, and Malaris looks and sees this, and you can see she's got, like, a hand on her head, too, and she's grimacing, like, oh, what's going on? And uh, she looks at you and sees you're largely unaffected, too, with a quizzical and, like, oh, crap look on her face. And over the din of galloping horses and stuff, just sort of points at one of the towers yeah. and looks at you and is like, <laughs> help! <laughs> For our listeners, Austin was gesticulating wildly. Gesticulating wildly. Yeah. As uh, okay. she tries to rally her troops and make sure they aren't just massacred while they are incapacitated. Understandable. Okay. Okay. How far have we ridden at this point? 150, 200 feet. 200 feet? Okay. Say 200 feet. Um, how far away are one of, is the closest tower of siege machine? It's about equidistant as the, uh, the fortress just okay. in... Off to your left and your right. Okay. Maybe a little farther, just because that's the way geometry works. <laughs> so instead of like in this fantasy world, geometry actually geometry is exists. Different. And so where the rolling fortress would be about 500 feet in front of you at this point, it, we'll say it's like six-ish. Okay. Off to your left and okay. right. We will take like 30 more seconds of galloping forward. Okay. Which I assume war horses can go quite quickly, especially if they're dashing. Honestly, 30 seconds probably would probably cover the full distance. Okay. Let's say like 10 seconds. You could seconds. do like 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I guess now that we're probably thinking more in like rounds type of thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. six seconds. Octavia is going to slightly change course. No. She's going to keep riding directly towards the war machine. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, what? 400 feet away from it 350 mm-hmm. she's gonna take off okay she's gonna so you leap off the back of your horse yes and immediately get trampled underground no ah! <laughs> I release my Octavia wings dies. <laughs> oh, no. too bad new character she releases her wings <laughs> and this these luminescent incorporeal wings it's been a while it like bursts from her back and she kind of as she's going forward the wind is gathered in these wings and it's it's kind of like when you're a uh, kite surfing and the wind just like kind of grabs you and lifts you in the air that's kind of the same thing that happens as she's being driven forward on the horse mm-hmm. and then she gets like a, a powerful like beat with the wings and the dust kind of like shoots out from behind her mm-hmm. and she is making a beeline at a 45 degree angle into the air to the fortress okay so you're going straight for the fortress not worrying about the towers for right now okay how far apart from the tower is the fortress if there are any geometry nerds, these numbers are not going to add up. Let me just say that right off the bat. <laughs> don't add us. So don't start doing Pythagoras or anything like that. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll just round it to about the same, like, 600-ish feet. 600, 700 feet. Oh, so they're still very far apart from each other. Yes. They're like one okay, in the middle and two on the ends. I don't think I quite caught that. Yeah, no, they're, they're well spaced out. Okay. Well, then I'm, as opposed to going directly to a beeline to, I, I just for some reason imagine them a little bit closer together. 
um, as opposed to doing a beeline directly to the fortress. Mm-hmm. She's going to go in between the fortress and, let's say, the, 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 the siege machine on the left, okay. looking at it. But she's still going to be a little bit closer to the... She's still going to be closer to the fortress, just a little bit out. Just okay. like 100 feet, like 60 feet away from the fortress type of thing. Okay. How high in the air are you going? So I'm going at like a 45 degree angle. The entire way? The entire way. Okay. So quite high. And if I can get... if I, Well, I guess actually probably greater than 45. So if I'm only 350 feet away and I can go 600 feet, I'm going to go quite high into the air. I'm going to go as high as I can with getting basically right above the fortress with this distance of 60, 600 feet. You get 487 feet. Above the ground? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Call it 485 for okay. ease of round numbers. That is the maximum you can, as, as that is as high as you can get, and then your wings will okay. fade. Maybe I don't need to be that high. How high do you want to be then? <laughs> What's the max falling damage? 10d6. Does it? St- does it 20d6. Okay. Me. I think it's 20d6. So that's 200 feet above the ground, yes. right? Okay. I'll yeah. do. 20d6. I'll do 200 feet above the ground, <laughs> and I'll use then the rest of my movement to be. 60 feet away from the 60 feet closer to the war machine. Can I go? Is are we do we need to roll and can I cast things or do we need to roll any initiative or Um you're going to take a few attacks on your upward okay. trend. So I'm going to roll three longbows at you. We'll say a swarm of arrows come up but only three have a shot of hitting you. Roll the 5 5 and a 19 so it's going to be one 19 hit. 19 will hit. That is going to deal five points, Pearson. All right. Whap. But you manage to dodge the rest. You fly up. You're almost over the rolling fortress. You're about 200 feet up in the air. What do you do? I cast Conjure Animals. Okay. And I conjure a white rhinoceros Aww. directly over the fortress. That poor rhinoceros. I know. But it's okay. It just goes back to the Feywild with it. It's reduced to zero. But it remembers. I know. It remembers. <laughs> Next time you summon this rhino, it's going to be mad at you. <laughs> Octavia will call and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so- but this is... I'm so sorry. This is going to help a lot of people. And white rhinoceroses are about 4,500 pounds. Okay. And so it's going to be plummeting 200 feet on top of this fortress. Okay. It's the range of conjure animals, 60 feet? Yes, sir. See, this is one of those times you should be very glad that I don't choose your conjured animals for you. That is true. Yes. I think it's dumb if you do it that way. Yeah, I think it doesn't make any sense why the DM would pick. So, this poor, poor rhino. <laughs> I know. You turn your hand, make your gestures, and this poor, poor rhinoceros so scared, so confused, appears in the middle of the air, 200 feet above this fortress, and looks at you with these big eyes. Oh, stop! That are just like, what's happening? (laughs) 
and then immediately plummets 200 feet. Well, see, I always I always imagine that all of the creatures that I summon are basically Hadrosaur and Benji or Freedom and Liberty. It's like it's their same soul. They're just taking on a different form. That's what I always imagine that they're the same because it's a face spirit that takes the form of an animal. So I always imagine it's they're all the same. So they know at this point, like the face spirit says, I still feel pain. It plummets 200 feet on top of this fortress. Yes. I'm going to roll 20d6. How many hit points does a rhinoceros have? 45. It's not so much what the fortress will do to the rhino, but what the, the rhino, rhino will, will do, do to, to the, the fortress. fortress. Okay, so it, it takes... It will crush. <laughs> wow, that's a great roll. 81 points of damage. Out of 20d6, they rolled 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 sixes. Oh my god. 7 sixes, 3 fives, 3 fours, 2 threes, a 2, and 4 ones. 81 points of damage. This poor rhinoceros smashes in it, it, just like an ant. You hear a thud. And there's a huge cloud of dust just everywhere. Okay. You can't exactly see what happened down there. Okay. Because it is obscured by bits of fey rhino viscera. No, it would all just disappear. Who's the dungeon master? Oh, poor, <laughs> poor guy. And just a huge cloud of dust from an asteroid, a fleshy <laughs> horned asteroid. Yeah. Plummeting. At terminal velocity. Yeah. You would have to go down to see what exactly has happened. And I will do that. I will descend as quickly as possible. This is going to be the last of your wings. Yeah. Carhoon from the bag's like, that was cold-blooded, but I respect it. It's. I know. I. I did. I feel bad, but they're. They're. They're okay. They're just back in the Feywild, and and they. I mean. Sure, but you gotta imagine that's pretty traumatizing. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to apologize a whole lot to them next time. You fly down, spiraling, spiraling. The dust has worked to your advantage because while there are things, so the good news is. You know there were guards around here when you saw it previously. Right. The bulk of the army is preoccupied with right. fighting the other army and you could see they've now met in a huge clash mm-hmm. of swords and flesh and shields and screams and battle cries and all manner of cacophonous sounds you can see the the two armies just like meeting together like two waves mm-hmm. in the center of this desert and you can still see the dragonborn Malik army reeling from whatever these weird antenna-like things are and it seems like uh, the the dragon blood army is is breaking through the lines at this point. Okay. But you fly down get closer the cloud of dust is largely obscuring you when you get within range of things on the ground to be fighting you off. Okay. Where do you land? Do you land on top of the fortress? Do you land next to it? Um, I mean... Is there a hole in it? Yes, yeah, like... so you get close enough. You see that um, when you're when you're relatively close, most of it is intact, but there is like a corner of it that's just crumpled and torn apart. Okay. Does it seem like something I could fit through? Uh, you could probably through some prying. Okay. 
and, and workmanship. Okay, so I'm find your way through. There's a big like crack, and part of the metal is just crushed and crumbled. Okay, well, as I descend and I look around and I see that it's maybe a bit more defensible to be on top of the uh, fortress, because even though archers can get us up there, we are not at least going to be overrun by like 15 kobolds just jumping on all of your limbs so that you can't move, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, Octavia is going to land on top of the fortress. Mm-hmm. She's going to shout down to Carhoon. Start start getting out. I'm on I'm on solid ground. You can start getting out now. We're on top of the fortress. Okay. And climbing out. she's going to cast another spell. What spell? She's going to cast Conjure Elemental. Okay. And she's going to point her finger 90 feet closer to one of the siege machines. Mm-hmm. And a little... A little circle of fire starts to appear. Hmm. And then turns, goes from red to a bright, blinding white until in a big clap, a fire elemental appears. And she instructs it, tear down that tower. Okay. You are concentrating on that. That I am. The fire elemental looks at you with its fiery face and just sort of nods and starts scorching away toward the tower. So its speed is 50 feet, so it's dashing and... We'll check in with with (laughs) Mr. Flamybeard (laughs) a little bit. And anything that it goes through, like, it just leaves a stream of fire in its wake. Mm -hmm. Like, anything that touches it is on fire. It can move through hostile creature spaces... All that kind of stuff. Okay. And it's going to do its touch, um, mul- its touch fire attack, basically trying to, you know, envelop this siege tower in flames. Sure. We will we'll check in and see how that goes Sounds good. later. Because it's still got to move and right. deal with stuff in its way, and we'll figure out if it wins or not. You're on top of this metal thing. There's a, a gaping crack from the crumpled metal that you could probably crawl through. Through the dust, though, moving towards you, you can make out these large, lumbering, insectoid shapes that you had seen previously that oh, are right. beginning to head toward you, and they will be here quite soon. Okay. What do you do? We are going to slip in through the slit. Okay. Roll an acrobatics check. Alrighty, both of us. Mm-hmm. All right, Octavia rolls A. Non-natural 20, and then for Carhoon, 14. 14. Okay, through some uh, through some effort, you wriggle your way inside through this crack, being careful not to cut yourself mm-hmm. on the sharp, crumpled metal as these things chitter their way up to you, but you slip inside before they can. Awesome. Inside. Ooh, I'm so nervous. As soon as your feet touch the ground, you are met with the readied actions of those who occupied this place. Understandable. Tell me, who went in first? Probably Octavia. Okay. Uh, you feel some claws swipe at you. Uh, <laughs> I rolled 15, 16, 17 right in a row. I think those are all going to hit. Ooh, yeah. What's the plus? Enough. Okay. Uh, you take 
Wow. 19. Okay. From th- from all three hits. Points of slashing damage. Okay. Roll some initiative. All right. While I draw the map. Octavia rolls eight. <laughs> Six. And Carhoon. Eleven. In here, it's cramped and dark, but you feel it's cool, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Probably some sort of enchantment, you mm-hmm. would assume. You see three creatures next to you. Uh, they're sort of hunched over. You imagine these were probably the things in those cloaks you saw earlier. They're covered in like weird white oh, fur yeah. with sort of simian-esque faces, pointed ears, sharp jagged teeth, and little beady eyes mm. with monstrous claws ready to strike again. Although one of them looks a bit beefier. Okay. And in fact, you look and there's four of it. All sort of moving in concert. Wait, what? Uh, Carhoon is up first. Okay. The inside of this room also, uh, there's a doorway leading off to your right. Okay. Um, made of metal, but there are these creatures standing in the way. And off to your left along the walls, there are large like lab tables with bodies strapped to them that look deceased. Oh. Okay. It's Carhoon's turn. Okay. And... Um is there and there's it seems like this hall that goes deeper into the there's fortress. There's a hall that goes deeper into okay. the fortress. And remind me again, how big is this thing seem? Like when we looked at it from outside, like it would be like a hundred feet by a hundred feet or so, or, or about fifty by fifty-ish, oh, okay. maybe a little bit more or less. But okay. And we're going in here trying to find this Zeon. Yeah. Basically. Maybe you're you're trying to find whatever you're trying to find. Okay, the door that is closed and that is made out of metal. Does it look fancy? <laughs> Does it say "Main Head Honcho Lives you, in Here"? You cannot tell. <laughs> believe it or not, it doesn't have like a boss. Is it the boss? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Carhoon is going to move closer to the one that looks a little bit beefy. Mm-hmm. And is going to swing twice at it. All right, hold on. For the first swing. Okay. Go ahead and roll. 19 to hit. Yes. 10 slashing. Okay. He'll attack again. Okay. 10 to hit. Misses. Okay. Wasn't sure with just them having cloaks on or whatever if their AC would be that low. Yep. Misses. Okay. Are all four of those images still up? You don't know those are images, but yeah, they are. Okay. <laughs> or all f- are all four of those things that are operating in concert still up? Of course, None of them of went poof. <laughs> None of them went poof. Okay. All right. Um. So it's their turn. The two normal ones. Uh. One is going to attack you, and one okay. is going to move in to attack Carhood. The one attacking you rolls a. 19. That hits. Deal six points of slashing damage. One attacks Carhoon. Deals. Uh, rolls another 19. And deals five points of slashing damage. The one with all of the, the mirrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, reaches up to itself and heals itself. Okay. And then it is your turn. Okay. What are the rules of squeezing? 
Uh, squeezing into a smaller place. Uh, basically, spend an extra foot of movement, disadvantage on attack rolls, and deck saves. Okay. Octavia is going to seeing these close quarters um, and, and seeing the magic that one of these assailant, assailants is obviously exhibiting. Um, she is going to turn into an Allosaurus. Okay. And I guess she's going to try to like trample them. Can she do that? Mm, yeah. Or she could turn into a rhino, which is maybe a bit like heavier and closer to the ground and a more trampoly. We'll just say I can't find it. Uh, you can make a strength versus each opponent that you're trying to move through their like acrobatics. Okay, and kind of stomp and just at move them through. I'm not gonna call it, count this as an attack, but you could move through them. Well, I want to attack them. Well, then you can just attack them. If you don't have, like, a trample attack... Oh, okay. Okay. Doesn't work. Well, I don't... I wouldn't fit. You'll just be squeezing here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. say that. So you'll have disadvantage. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. Seeing how small and confined this area actually is... <laughs> it's pretty tight quarters. It's quite tight quarters. Um, Octavia's going to slightly change her plan of attack. And she is going to, as she kind of tapped into the elements all around her, to conjure that fire elemental. She's going to do almost the opposite here. And the floor is going to start getting a little, little moist. And from in front of her, and pushing away from her, she casts a tidal wave. All right, tell me what I have to do. All right, so she is going to be able to catch all three of those bad guys. Mm -hmm. And she's actually also just going to continue it down this hall. So she's basically going to try to, like, flush the place out almost. Because mm -hmm. um, it can be, it'll be 30 feet wide, 10 feet, 30 feet long, 10 feet wide, and 10 feet tall. And so she'll just push these three okay. out. What do I have to do? Um, and you need to make a dex saving throw, please. All right. The first one rolls a seven. That's a fail. The fail. second one rolls a oh, out of the box. Ooh, fail. The mirrored one rolls. Oh, they all fail. Okay. So they're all going to take 48 bludgeoning damage. Okay. Roll that. You can just roll the same for everyone. 21 bludgeoning. And they're all knocked prone. Ah! Okay. You knock them all prone. Okay. Very good. Is that the end of your that turn? That is, um, that'll be the end of my turn. Okay. Good. Good. Solid turn. Thank you. It's Carhoon's turn. He's trying to think of a spell that doesn't require concentration. Right. All right. Carhoon is up. Uh, seeing this baddie who is prone in front of him. Mm-hmm. He's going to swing twice at him. All right, the mirrored one? The mirrored one. Okay. Does he get advantage with the prone? Mm -hmm. What's this, that scoop? Yep. Or actually, I mean, actually, he's going to go towards one of the ones that's not mirrored. All right, swings are the one who is not mirrored. With advantage. All right, that is natural 16 yep. plus 9. Hit. 18 slashing. All right, it's still alive, okay. but it's looking real bad. He's going to swing again then. Again, Natty 16. Yep. Almost assuredly. 13 is dead. Yes. slashing. 
Karud ends the one lying on the ground in front of him. Okay. Anything else Karhun does? Um... It's okay if the answer is no. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is their turn. Okay. These creatures, uh, they both use their movement to half their movement to stand up. Not looking happy. The one in front of you is going to take a swing. Uh, okay. Actually, they make two attacks. I missed that the first time. Uh, so two claw attacks against you. The first is a 13 to hit. Nope. The second is a... Crit fail. Oh, yes. Oh. Misses. Think the three above. The mirrored one looks at Carhoon, waves a hand, and Carhoon's elven chain shirt mm-hmm. begins to glow red hot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I've used your own trick against you. <laughs> uh, so, Carhoon takes some fire damage. Okay. Pretty good roll. 11 points of fire damage. Ooh, that's not nothing. Ain't nothing indeed. It's your turn. Okay. Um, Looking at the map, there's a square that's like half a square. If I turn into something big, would I still be squeezing? Wait, here? Yeah. No. Okay. Can't that as a full. Okay. Seeing... (laughs) Seeing how one of the bad guys already has been knocked down and seeing how she has a bit more uh, freedom of movement, if you will... Roll a concentration check. Oh, shoot, you're right. Sorry. I, I'm really I bad at remembering it, too. I even have it written at the top of Carhoon's character sheet. Natty 17. Okay. See, again, seeing a bit more space, gritting herself, maintaining concentration on the on that fire elemental who's off, you know, having a good time off by themselves, doing, do, do, doing do, their... Do, 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 the fire do, do, elemental do, do. goes on a picnic. Um, she is going to turn into rhino time. Rhino time. Oh, Allosaurus time. Oh, never mind. Allosaurus time. <laughs> she was also a little traumatized after what happened with that rhino, so she's gonna gonna do an Allosaurus. Okay. Um, and she is <laughs> going to um Allosaurus noise attack the uh, magic user. Okay. With one attack. I only have one attack. Actually. Okay. Great. Roll it. Eleven to hit. That is exactly a hit. Yes. And one of the images. Oh shoot! <laughs> There's only there are three things remaining. Okay. Ah. Anything else you do with your turn? No. All right. Well, that is the end of this round, and also the end of this episode. We'll pick oh! up next time. That went so fast! Oh my gosh! So we will What's rejoin this okay. combat. Oh, key doki. See what. The rest of this fortress holds. I know. I'm so excited to delve into this fortress. Shall I take us out? Alrighty. Thank you all so much for listening. We really hope that you're hanging in there. um, And we hope that this uh, episode has brought you some joy um, in these turbulent times. If you want to get in touch with us, we are active on social media, both Twitter and Instagram. And our handle is at Podcast. Um, if you want to support our show, leaving a review is seriously an amazing way for us to get some more eyes and ears on our show and to have some more listeners join our game and also just uh, really, really boosts our spirits and gives us some motivation to keep on going, uh, hearing all of your kind words. Alrighty, catch y'all next week.